0: We'll start a new series highlighting players every day. We'll start off with the top name in the 2024 NHL Draft, the Prospect Spotlight for Macklin Celebrini on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects.
1: You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything, prospects related for you, five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh joined by Sebastian High. And on today's show, uh, we'll be starting a new series where we highlight a player every day uh and break down their game in detail. We'll do a deep dive on Macklin Celebrini in today's player spotlight. We'll start off by talking about the tools, um, overall, the puck skills and how how he plays on the puck, stick handling, shooting. Uh, in passing overall. We'll spend our second segment talking more about the overall toolkit and the habits uh, in celebrating his game and how those project. Then we'll end things off with an overall idea of how he projects, where he's projected to play in the lineup, what type of player you're getting, how many points he's going to get, and finally... What type of team would be the best fit? Before I get into any of that, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On NHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, please leave us a rate and review. It helps the channel out a lot. And make sure to make us your first listen of the day. So, Sebastian, I don't think there's any doubt with Celebrini going at first overall. I'm looking at his Elite Prospects page here, which has uh, where he's ranked in every single ranking they can find, basically, and not a single number two. He's at number one all over the page here. Um, So, yeah, talk me through Celebrini's type of, uh, Celebrini's overall, you know, frame, how he plays, and what type of player he's getting, and then we'll get into the tools uh, in terms of puck skills.
1: For sure. Celebrini is very young for the draft class. He's a June 13th, 06 birthday. And he's a uh, 6-foot, 190-pound left-shot centerman. And he is electric. And he is really, really capable in all three zones of the ice and just overall a fantastic player. I don't think that, at least between the two of us, that we've really had any debate about Celebrini at once since maybe September. And even that was like... Debate for the sake of debate, perhaps, and uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a fascinating player with an excellent toolkit. He's he's playing uh, with Boston University in the NCAA, and he's lighting up college hockey as by far the youngest player playing in college hockey this season. So there's a, so a lot to like with Celebrini and. The overall puck skills are a massive strength, right? Like the passing game, the goal scoring and the handling are all stand out well above average and really solid tools, even among like per, like past first overall picks. Like this is a very, very, very intriguing prospect.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And we could start off with the stick handling, I think. The hands are really, really good. He's got an unlocked top hand, um, a lot of range of motion as well. He can go from fully to the right to fully to the left um, in a split second. He can uh, control pucks either, you know, in tight between his legs or really out wide when he's receiving bad passes. Um, His ability to corral pucks and go from, you know, Go from receiving a puck to making a play um in motion is fantastic. Um in terms of overall grade for a stick handling ability, um, it's especially evident in transition, but I'd give him a solid seven, seven and a half, right? Out of ten. Like this is a really good tool in his game.
1: For sure. Like like the rating scale that we're gonna be using in these episodes is the one that we use at Duber Prospects. It is a one to ten scale where five represents a standard NHL projection, think third line forward number four defenseman in terms of quality. And uh, we do that with a ton of tools but yeah so for for the handling specifically i think in my viewings a seven and a half has been the kind of consistent that i've seen there's been some games where he's really really aggressive with his puck handling trying a lot of things and i've seen it like maybe glimmer all the way up to an eight in some viewings but it's not the same level as like another player that we'll be covering this week in these profiles ivan demidov who's Puck skills and puck handling specifically is a ten in my in my personal opinion from what yeah. I've seen so far this season. And in the last couple of drafts, I haven't seen a player that can handle the puck like Demidov. And while Celebrini isn't at quite that level, it is more than enough to to facilitate his style of play and allow him to dominate games.
0: Absolutely. And passing wise, this is a player who plays the give and go really well. I think his usage of his passing is a lot better than the puck skill in isolation. Um, he doesn't have the widest arsenal of passes. I think he can add different passes to his arsenal to make himself even more effective. Slip passes, hook passes, um, using his backhand more effectively on his passes as well. Um, but he's a player who consistently does two things. He plays give and go really well, and he plays area passes really well. Um, and those are big, big signs of hockey sense, which we'll get into more in the second segment. Um, but in terms of the passing and isolation, I'd give him a probably a seven or a six and a half, something in that range. Do you agree on that end?
1: I do. I think th- there's been some viewings where I'd have them at like a a, a six, and some viewings where I'd have them at the seven and a half. Like there's been yeah. some variance there. I agree that is playmaking arsenal is not as developed as his goal-scoring arsenal which we'll get into in a second uh but but he's a really intelligent playmaker he uses his motion and and his speed and his pace to open up passing lanes and he thinks the game at a really really quick pace and can really pounce on those openings when they occur so he's A very capable playmaker but he lacks the adaptability in his playmaking arsenal especially at lower paces uh to 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 be like the best creator in like the draft class in terms of the playmaking aspect he's not quite there but it's pretty close and it's also an improving tool like it's it's already come multiple steps since last season and uh, yeah, I think that also the, like, the passing accuracy is a, is a real strength. So when he sees a lane and he like spots it and takes it, it's going to be a really, really accurate tape to, to tape pass and yeah. really facilitate his teammates to to put those chances in the back of the net. But there's also a reason that he has more goals than assists so far this season uh, with Boston University. Like he has uh, 22 goals and 19 assists for 41 points through 25 games, which is absurd. Yeah. Uh, and also indicative of the goal scoring really being a, a more potent tool at this stage than the playmaking. And a lot of that comes down to the mechanics of the shot, does it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking about a tool that is really developed with Celebrity. I mean, his <laughs> shot, not just in terms of his, his one-timer, like obviously his one-timer is fantastic. He's got so much power and accuracy on it, Um, but he's got a variability in his, in his goal scoring elements that is really interesting. He can shoot off the back leg, off the front leg, off weight, well centered, uh, from a standstill, in motion, like every single shot you can think of. Like even his backhand shot is pretty interesting when he gets uh, when he, when he gets set up for it. Um, but yeah, overall there are just so many ways that he can punish goaltenders um, w- with his wrister and with his one timer. Um, I, I haven't seen him use the slapper a lot, but that's kind of a dying breed. I, I don't I don't think a lot of players are just walking in and slapping it. Um, but when when he gets set up, I mean, especially on that power play half wall for BU, he's been. Absolutely lethal for Boston University, and it's it's pretty funny to see that the top goal scorer in the Hockey East Conference is a 17 year old <laughs> playing in the NCAA. Like if you look at other teams um, in, in the NCAA, like Quinnipiac, which uh, won the won the hockey uh, won the uh, NCAA last year um when the SWE tournament their average age was like 22 23 like there are some old teams in here and he's dominating them and doing really really well with his puck touches so yeah this is a player who really uplifts his puck skills um when, when when the competition gets tougher like he's a he's a real clutch player as well on top of all this but the shot in isolation i'd give it a solid 8 like it's a really good tool in his arsenal i'd I'd say it's the it's the bonafide tool of the trifecta like of his handling, yes. his passing and his shooting, the shot's a good like step ahead of the rest, right?
1: For sure, I, I fully agree. I think I might be even a bit more generous. Like I think I've been some viewings where I've seen the shot be like a nine caliber tool, yeah. um, but I'd probably bring it down to like an eight and a half on average. But I'm really close to just giving him a straight nine in that yeah. front because it's it's so it's such a mature tool as well. Like the way that he's able to use it in any situation when he's off balance, like it's still so potent. And he's become really deceptive with his release as well. And he's starting to layer playmaking into fake. Shots and really really using it as a tool to create space as well for his teammates and to 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 execute like a gravitational pull on defenders and try to use his playmaking skill to kind of like take advantage of that. So I I'd honestly give him give him a nine in terms of the, the, the shot just because of just how much also it opens up for him in all other facets of the game.
0: For sure. And for reference for our for our listeners and viewers, um you know Cole Caulfield's shot is probably a nine, right? Like this is the yeah. type of this is the type of. I mean, we we reserve our tens for the best of the best, the cream of the crop. So think uh, Connor Bedard Conor skating, Bedard. <laughs> uh, Connor Bedard's shot, uh, Connor McDavid skating. Like that's a ten for us. But um, we're 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 not as generous uh, to give him a ten for shooting. But overall, Celebrini has a fantastic shot. But that wraps things up for the trifecta of puck skills. Now we'll get into the tools and habits a bit more in our second segment after these messages from our sponsors over at Sleeper.
1: It's almost the halfway point of the NHL season, but there's still time for you to get in on the action with Sleeper. Sleeper is our number one choice for your daily fantasy hockey needs here at the Locked On NHL Podcast Network. That is because uh, to win 100 times your money on Sleeper, all you need to do is correctly predict the outcome of eight specific player stats. And you can get really creative with those, whether you want to play it safe and bet on I don't know, Nikita Kucherov garnering an assist or a goal in the next game because he's been on absolute fire this season with the exception of the All-Star game. Uh, or maybe the young studs of the league, like Leo Carlson's playing some pretty good hockey. Connor Bedard is back playing hockey. There's a lot going on with the young studs in the NHL at the moment. So uh, use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability.
0: All righty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll be talking a bit more about Celebrini's toolkit and habits. Um, You know, before we end things off here, I do want to mention the skating with with Celebrini because it's a big part of his toolkit overall. this kid has wheels. I mean, he's got a, a, a great amount of pace to his game, but I've also seen him use his pace a lot better. And that's part of the toolkit. It's not just skating at a high speed, it's also leveraging speed differentials, slowing down when you need to, and then speeding back up, uh, catching players flat footed with quick acceleration after, you know, kind of breaking in the offensive zone, stuff like that. I mean, I think Celebrini's usage of his skating is among the best in this class. Um, I give him a solid eight and a half, nine for that. Um, it's a great part of his game, but I think we can talk about the hockey sense as well because that's a big, big part of what makes Celebrini so effective, right?
1: Huge part. And like, first of all, yeah, the wheels are real. Celebrini—he is incredibly pacey, so so quick, and his speed is one of his most potent tools, which is saying something because of just how varied his arsenal there is. But yeah. the hockey sense is off the charts with him. Like he, he not not conor bedard level on that front but we we really are doing prospects justice and in, in comparing them to the but if we're yeah. comparing it to last year's draft class like if you compare celebrini to players like leo carlson and adam fantilli in terms of how he understands the game i think that celebrini is a pretty clear cut above those two and that's really yeah. saying something so Celebrini processes the game really quickly. He has a really solid foundation of habits. Like I think that like his, his off-puck engagement is pretty consistent at the NCAA level, and he's not even 18 yet. Uh, yeah. On top of that, the way that, he, as you mentioned, he uses his, his skating. He has a really complex understanding of how he's able to leverage his high-end tools to create advantages. He yeah. knows just how well he gets around the ice, and he uses speed differentials so liberally because he knows that he can create space for himself And he knows that when he has space he can do some really special things with the puck on his sticks so he's incredibly intelligent and while there are certainly still areas where he has to mature like i think that the the defensive engagement's a lot stronger than the understanding of where he has to be at all times in defensive zone but he's already more than treading water defensively in the ncaa as a high octane offensive 17 year old center yeah. The defensive game will come, especially with the foundation of hockey IQ. So, yeah, it yeah. is entirely one of the key components of his game.
0: Absolutely. And last time we checked, because uh, Tableau is down right now, but last time we checked with uh, Mitch Brown and Lassie Allen, and his tracking project, he was around the 40s or 50s in terms of percentile for defensive ability. Yeah. Uh, in in the NCAA, which, like, first we're talking about a 17-year-old who's brother's always in the offense. league. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's, I mean, his bread and butter's offense, and he's still, like, about average defensively, which is fantastic for a 17-year-old playing NCAA. Like, that's just unheard of. But in terms of habits, I really want to talk about this because the way he plays fits so much with his habits. This is a player who consistently attacks downhill, who consistently just takes players head on, who's comfortable attacking the middle, um, off transitions. Like I think in terms of transition offense, he has a chance of becoming one of the best in the NHL, um, at creating off the rush. Right. So in, in those aspects, like there are some sequences he he's created in transition with Boston university that have reminded me so much of Nathan McKinnon of just like, just putting players on their heels and forcing them to back back off of him. And then just accessing the slot to to just slip a pass under a stick, or to just take a shot through a through a screen like that kind of thing. Um, overall, I think that fits so well with his tools that the combination of his habits. I mean, he's tailored his habits around the way he around his tools so well. Like I, I can't name you a player whose habits and tools match as well as Celebrini's, right?
1: For sure. It's also a testament to his, his intelligence, right? Like he knows exactly how to mold his game with what he has available to him. And yeah, yeah, like, I think that, that with the habits, also the really impressive thing is that he's a really quick learner. Like we've been seeing like the progression on a week to week basis in the NCAA this season has been really quite impressive. And there's a reason that he's been, Putting like he's continuing to put more and more and more distance between himself and the rest of the pack as the season has progressed because he's finding his niche in Boston. He's getting comfortable in that environment, so the tools and the habits are just completely taking over now, and he's just having fun with it, and it's uh, very entertaining to watch.
0: Absolutely. I'd say even even this positioning off the puck has gone so much better since last year. He was playing with the Chicago Steel last year. Um, and there were some, I mean, I'd say he was a really rush heavy player. He wasn't really Certainly, you know, yeah. it, it took him some time to get up to par in terms of his, his, his off puck positioning in the offensive zone, his cycle play. Uh, yeah. I'd say this year, that's the most notable improvement is that that's turned from probably a below average ability to a bonafide strength of his, uh, in his game. He's become a really good separator in the offensive zone. Um, he's playing these small given goes in space. Once he gets the puck off the cycle, uh, he's moving off the boards really well, and overall, just making himself an option constantly and consistently. Um, but that also translates to the defensive zone, where you know he, he's constantly aiding his defensemen in breakouts. He's he's not blowing the zone. He's he's circling low and making himself a, an easy outlet option when he sees that his defenseman's got someone on his back. Um, he he can read pressure really well. Like even if he has his back turned to open ice and he's facing his defensemen. Once he collects a puck, it feels like he already knows where his, his opponents are and whether he has space or not to turn and make a play. And the, the thing with Celebrini is he already doesn't really need space to make a play. He already doesn't need a lot of time to make a play. So the fact that he's able to identify whether or not he has that space is a big separator for me. It, it makes him, that's one of the most effective things in this transition game is that he constantly has a feel for what's going on behind him, even when his back is turned. And that's a testament to his scanning tools as well, right? Yeah. Like he's a player okay. who constantly keeps a map of what's going on around him. Um, but what else in his habits do you find really stands out? Because like there are still a couple things that I'd say we can we could spend an hour discussing with Celebrini in terms of habits, right?
1: For sure. I think like one one development that I've really liked uh, this season in the NCAA for him is just how much he's been able to integrate lane switches in his rushes specifically. He was quite yeah. linear last year uh, with the Chicago Steel because he didn't need to be anything else to be dominant in transition against USHL competition. But this year in the NCAA, there's a lot less space for him. So he can't just sprint down in a linear line and just gain the zone and be in the offensive zone and half possession and be dangerous he needs he's needed to really add complexities to his rushing game and that's also been a testament to just how strong of a puck rusher he is that he has been able to adapt like that in seemingly a blink of an eye and uh he's consistently attacking up the middle lane but he's never afraid to switch towards the wings if there's more space there and he always then goes right back towards the middle as soon as he's off puck in the offensive zone very middle driven very very projectable in terms of he gets to high danger areas and he gets the puck t- to high danger areas really consistently but he also knows how to uh, adjust his roots uh, with how the, de- the the defensive structure develops when he's attacking them and to create holes and and attack those specifically to to weaken defensive structures. So that's been one thing that I've been really impressed of this season because yeah. it went from something that you just didn't even need to practice last year very much to a massive strength this season.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, it's it's not just, this, you know, using a skating himself to switch lanes, it's using given goes to, to access exactly. a different lane and create yeah, a different yeah, yeah, lane. Yeah, sure. It's so interesting. It's so interesting in terms of development in this game. But now in our final segment, we'll finally talk about the projection, what we expect him to be at the NHL level, what kind of style he'll probably be playing in the NHL, and which team would be the best fit. We'll get into that after these messages from our sponsors over at Fando.
1: get buckets with your first bet on fanduel america's number one sports book because right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar bet you can bet on all of your favorite nba players and teams with quick bets live same game parlays exclusive props and far more i know i personally am always a very big fan of same game parlays especially when i'm going to a game live there's nothing more exciting than having a few very specific and carefully chosen bets uh, that you can cheer for to make the action all the more exciting when you're attending a game yourself. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA.
0: Alrighty, so let's close things off with our projection of Macklin Celebrini's game, what we expect him to be in the NHL, and which team would be the best fit. So let's start off with the projection here. I think there's a very clear, very easy path to becoming the best player on his team if he's drafted by anyone other than Chicago, right, in this range? Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Like it's, it's very, very simple and straightforward to Celebrini. He's, he's like I said earlier, he reminds me a bit of uh, Nathan McKinnon in transition. And I think he can play a very similar role on a team where, um, you know, he, he can become among the best in the NHL at creating off the rush at breaking ankles at using his speed intelligently, to kind of slow down, speed up and create his way um, in, into a dangerous scoring chance in the offensive zone. Um, I think he's definitely going to be a bit more of a goal scorer than a playmaker, unless something really changes on that end. Um, even though he's really creative, really inventive and really smart with his usage, usage of his passes his NHL tool that stands out the most right now is his shooting by far. And for me, I think it's, it's definitely the most projectable of the, of the trifecta um, with the puck. And yeah, I mean, we're talking about a player who, especially if he's paired with a playmaker, um, can become, what, a 40-goal scorer, 50-goal scorer? At like, least, what's the ceiling? What's the ceiling for like, him? Yeah.
1: And ceiling in what today's NHL, where where goal scorers are beating goalies a lot more than they were, like, five or seven years ago. Yeah. I I, I can see him being a 50-goal scorer. Like, 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 the shot and the goal-scoring habits and now the off-puck instincts, which have just magically appeared this season. Yeah. I think really, really give him that type of upside. And of course it's highly dependent on the system that he's playing in the role that his coaches see him playing in and the players that he's playing with. Like there's so many factors there, but yeah, he he, he has the upside to be a 50 goal scorer, but he could also maybe be more effective if he's like a 40 goal hundred point two-way like beast right like, like that's entirely yeah. within the possibility as well because he has that foundation of intelligence and uh and consistent motor like he has a wicked motor he's constantly working really hard and he knows exactly where to target that work in order to make uh, a big difference and if he's able to apply that as well defensively as as he's been really able to apply in the offensive zone on the cycle this season then we're gonna have a really scary player on our hands and yeah. the ceiling with him is interesting because it has a lot less to do in my mind with the potential points that he could put up because I think there are worlds where like look if he ends up on a team with like two other superstars on his line he could hit 140 points someday it's possible but I think that the value with him comes in the fact that he's going to be likely the best player on his team game in game out pretty consistently and potentially even in all three zones which is just salivating for NHL teams
0: absolutely i think that there's definitely room to grow in his defensive game i think his positioning isn't always ideal sometimes he 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 back checks a bit lazily like you can tell this year that he's going all in for offense but at the same time when he decides to get engaged when he decides to get involved in in board battles more often than not he comes out with the puck so his his gauge of when and when to get involved and not is pretty good and i think that can get even better with time so i fully agree that an all three zones kind of two way monster with forty goal upside with a hundred point upside I think is more than realistic. for Celebrini and again we're talking about a player who unless he's drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks and and playing with Connor Badard, is probably going to be the best player Which on his team. Gross. It would, would be, be uh, it, would it would be, would be nasty. unfair. Yeah,
1: the, a, a center depth of Connor Bedard, Macklin Celebrini, Oliver Moore, and Frank Nazar would just like
0: it, just it would make me cry. Yeah, I think it would <laughs> genuinely make me cry. Like you can't you can't do that. That's not fair. But yeah, I mean overall I think that there's so much there's so much to love about Celebrini's projection. I think that overall we're talking about a player who, you know, has so many different tools and so many different habits and elements to his game overall that can hit and be NHL tools or already are that yeah. it's I think you know, of the of all the draft eligibles in, in in you know this draft, um, Celebrini for me is definitely the one that is the most likely to play in the NHL right away and the most likely to have a, a solid bona fide impact in the NHL right away. Um, yeah. so yeah, I,
1: I, I fully, I fully agree with that. I do have one question for you though. Yeah. I'd be curious, like what you've watched more celebrity than I have this season. So I think that you mm-hmm. can answer this question better than I can, but yeah. what for you makes the the difference between like your weakest viewing of celebrity this season, what you saw on that versus your strongest, like, is that a big divergence or is it very consistent? Are there concerns between that gap?
0: I, I don't think there's much of a difference like the weakest games he he's played is because he was cheating for offense and it, those were the times that would come back to bite him right but overall in terms of the tools he displays the consistency that he displays in his decision making the consistency that he displays in his habits um and the work rate on the four check all of that that is very like an astounding, like it's astoundingly cons- consistent with Celebrini like it's it's surprising how often he's the best player on his, on his team. Like it's, it's near a nightly basis unless Lane Hudson goes on a tear and scores five points. Like other than those games celebrating, he's the best player on the ice 99% of the time. And yeah, I I don't think that's much of a concern. Consistency is a big part of his game, Uh, but overall, which team do you think would be the best fit for him so far? I I think I'm thinking San Jose, maybe Anaheim, although they have a pretty decent depth of centers already. Like, you know, which teams would bring up. Yeah.
1: San Jose, I mean, San Jose needs more skill, especially down the middle. Like, I, I'm i a really big fan of players like William Acklin and Will Smith. Mm -hmm. um but adding celebrini to that core would allow Eklund to be a full-time winger uh with smith there would be more flexibility there if he plays wing or at second line center like i think that would be just disgusting of having two lines where you you have them pivoted by by these really high iq creative and adaptable players um and i think that that would make a big difference uh beyond that any other contenders i mean I'd be very curious, like, if, like, somehow he ends up in Columbus or something, like... That would be entertaining. I think Fantilli and Celebrino on the same team would be a joy for me personally, just because these are the the two best draft eligibles out of the NCAA that we've seen in the last decade since Jack Eichel, at least, Mm -hmm. and having them in the same organization would be a ton of fun. Uh, But it would also not exactly be Columbus's biggest need at the
0: moment. Yeah. Uh, In terms of what teams need, Montreal has been looking for a star for how long now? I think that this is 30 years. Yeah, something like that. Like, since Alex Kovalev. Like, it's been a while. Uh, But yeah, I, I think Celebrini would be a great fit in Montreal, mainly because um, he fits within their style of player. Like, really intense uh, forechecker, uh, decent defensively, but also a really creative player off the rush. And Montreal loves to play rush offense. Um, You know, he's probably not going to... In Montreal, I think realistically, like Montreal's probably going to be drafting between five and eight. Um, Likely. but if they win the lottery, like this is a great fit for him, and it would allow him to be the bona fide star on that team, which I think Celebrini can definitely be. Um, any last words on Celebrini? Any anything you want to discuss before uh, before he closes off today? He's very good at hockey. That's about what we have to say. So that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you thought of the episode and what you want us to talk about next, which prospects you want us to discuss next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day and leave a rate and review. It helps the channel out a lot. If if for your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. They got all your news and updates about what's going on around sports. Uh, And make sure to tune in for our next show as we continue our prospects coverage and and our prospects spotlights for uh, the 2024 NHL draft. This has been Hattie Calakash with Sebastian High. We hope you tune in next time.